Hello and welcome to Culture Shock with Kate, Adam, and Owen, three metalheads who discuss releases and big questions facing listeners and musicians today. This is episode 19, featuring Woods of Desolations, Torn Beyond Reason. Now, today we're going to skip the What Are We Listening To segment and talk about our long delay as well as Where's Episode 18 after the album discussion. But we're back and we decided to get back in the swing of things by talking about an album that we all like, which is the Torn Beyond Reason by Woods of Desolation. We've also decided to, in that, in that hiatus, I would say, we also ended up upgrading a lot of our gear. So we are trying to record in our new studio-ish thing that we've built. Um, We're working on it. <laughs> working on it. We'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, but first, like, how do we find Woods of Desolation? That's a good question. They're I from Australia about, and obscure. I know, but I heard about them through you. You're the one who showed me. Yeah, I know. I was asking it rhetorically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, for me personally, I found them when I was a burgeoning young black metal fan, just going through YouTube, browsing everything I could find relating to black metal, and I found the song The Inevitable End off of this album, and I thought, wow, this is really good. This isn't really like anything I'd heard before. I think that was before I'd found DSBM, so those subtle DSBM influences on the song made it really stand out to me. And I had a playlist going on YouTube that I still use that was music to listen to that I added, added it to that and then kind of forgot about it for a while. Then came back to it later and was like, oh yeah, this is fantastic. And then I managed to find the whole album and I was like, wow, this whole thing is fantastic. And I've been listening you, ever since. Do you remember which upload it was? Like who uploaded it? It, was, it wasn't like an official upload like Light Fox or Atmospheric Black Metal albums. It was just some person who had uploaded it. Although credit must be given to the person who had uploaded the full album video where I listened to the whole thing because they had a series of really melancholy black and white photos throughout the whole thing as well as lyrics throughout the whole thing for the whole 38 minutes of the album. That must have taken them a long time. Wow, Kudos that's impressive. You. Yeah. That is really crazy. No, because I found it through the through Light Fox's channel, um, and I don't remember why I was on there at first, but I was basically just clicking on anything. Well, I was I think I was looking up a different band, and then it was just related. And you know how YouTube is. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, what's in the sidebar? Like, what's it loading up next? And exactly. Then it came on, and I pretty much did nothing but mine Light Fox's channel for a couple a couple days, <laughs> and um, then showed my the highlights of my finds to Adam and then we got we got around to ordering it so that was pretty good I forget where we ordered it from it was something weird yeah because it, was it wasn't the hard. usual place that I could that I normally bought from and this was and I think this was before I discovered Discogs you think so it was that long ago yeah I think so because I didn't discover Discogs till like 2012 yeah 2013 but I th and I thought you found this shortly after it was released really that quickly yeah hmm. Because I thought 2012, 2013 sounds about right as to when I found it. Oh, then maybe. again, it has been a while. Man, now we'll have to dig through all of our internet archives and see when is the first time I mentioned Woods of Desolation. <laughs> and because <laughs> I, I mean, I know I was looking through. I know I was looking through stuff here. Yeah. Because I think I was home whenever I was looking at it. And I don't know. Maybe it was at work. Actually, that's possible. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, that's still not giving me a good time frame because I've had the same job and we've had the same apartment since 2011. Now, the thing I think that's interesting is that we both found the Torn Beyond Reason first, and it wasn't until after we we listened to Torn Beyond Reason and realized, wow, this is exactly what, or at least I felt, this is exactly what I want out of atmospheric black metal. This is like oh, perfect, yeah. exactly. 
Uh, let's find out what the what else they've released. Because um, I know that at that point they hadn't released as the stars yet. But then you click on their past discography. Yeah, and... that didn't quite live up to the expectations set by Tour Beyond Reason. Which, no. to be fair, you know, not a lot can live up to an album as good as Tour Beyond Reason. But uh, for me personally, it was the recording quality on those old albums just so subpar in comparison to Torn Beyond Reason. And I know I'm, I'm I have high high standards, possibly too high standards when it comes to recording quality but I don't know. Did you have the problem with the recording quality too? I didn't think the recording quality was very good but I'm not a huge fan of the flat out DSBM stuff. It isn't until DSBM crosses over very significantly with atmospheric that I start liking it, especially because of the vocal styles they use. Vocals are too high in the mix and there's not enough going on in the with the rest of the instrumentation to really compel me so I don't find the atmosphere to be particular I don't know like there's this fine line between DSBM and atmospheric black metal that I tow a lot but tend to stay on the side of atmospheric and I mm. think by the time they get to Torn Beyond Reason they've crossed from DSBM to atmospheric yeah I mean there's influence of DSBM for sure but it's definitely favoring the atmospheric side more yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I, that I thought, if you compare their older material to when you get to Torn Beyond Reason, was that it they've gone through, like, a sound overhaul, not just production-wise. The whole, like, the whole package feels like they really upgraded everything they were doing, and their writing has gotten more mature and everything like that. So When I don't you say know. writing, do you mean instrument lines or lyrics? I don't really read the lyrics, so I, was, oh, I guess I mean <laughs> instruments then. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think I read the lyrics once a long time ago, and that no, yeah, okay. I feel like no, no, because I remember reading the lyrics in twenty twelve. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I'm still gonna be trying to find this time frame, because I I read the lyrics when I was writing everything out in that notebook, and that was after the summer of 2013 and then I'd already been listening to it before then because I brought it with me to the Arctic Yeah. so I had to have had it since early 2013 at the earliest so maybe 2012 maybe I don't know alright I gotta find an earlier time frame but yeah <laughs> no everything everything about Torn Beyond Reason was just head and shoulders above every single release by them previously yeah it's like a, I feel like it's a pretty drastic difference yeah, so I don't know, I don't know what they did in that time frame, but it just—it's ridiculous. Uh, actually, I'm gonna look and see—is there? There's a pretty big gap between the two albums. I looked at—I'm um, just got Metal Archives up on my phone, and it says "Torn Beyond Reason" is 2011, but "Toward the Depths" was 2008. So that's a long time to improve. Yeah. And then there's a EP in the middle there, but that's 2009. So even 2009 to 2011, that's a that's a long time to improve. Yeah, I wonder if they also went through, through some um, musician changes, possibly. I I, don't, I didn't. Yeah. I thought it's I always really, been him, right? No, D's always involved somehow, but he does have different session musicians for different albums, especially on the vocals. Like I know on some of those earlier albums, he was doing all the instruments, but I think on As the Stars, for example, he only did the guitars. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I never followed this band's members that much. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I have it up, and there's only ever been two members. D on everything, and then P. Knight as vocals and bass from 2005 to 2008. 
Well, actually, that might explain the change for the vocals because I didn't like any of the earlier vocals. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, losing one member, I don't think is going to change your sound that much. I mean, you could. I mean, there's. When you look at a band like Azeroth, when they brought in. Um, I forget the guy's name offhand, but they brought him in on guitar and vocals. And their latest album is completely different from their earlier stuff because that guy writes very differently and it's just a very different feel to the album and really changed the way Azeroth's sound really worked so I mean it, just changing one member can change a lot depending on what, they do, what they're doing well especially if it, that member is half the band yes <laughs> I mean because yeah if they, were, if they were jamming together trying to come up with material and that guy liked DSBM more than Atmospheric and yeah. he liked atmospheric more than DSBM, then it would be a constant tension between the two styles until the guy finally left for whatever reason and they were able to just keep doing uh, atmospheric and drop as much DSBM influences as yeah, they exactly. felt comfortable. It's hard to say, though. This is all speculation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, whatever they're doing now is great. Um, but we did listen to As the Stars recently, and that one... Um, well, for me, compared to Torn Beyond Reason, it was a little bit of a letdown. It wasn't quite as good, but it was still pretty good. It's about where it stands for me, too. Personally, I did like it. It was one of my favorites from that year. Not as much as Torn Beyond Reason, but for me personally, the way the way that As the Stars stands above Torn Beyond Reason is that, for me, Torn Beyond Reason is an album I can only really enjoy to the fullest when I'm in a very sad mood. Whereas As the Stars... I feel like you can tell that is the one that came out in a post-Death Heaven world because it has some of that uplifting sound in its atmospheres. So that, for me, is a more emotionally accessible album that I can listen to in more moods. Yeah, I don't know. See, I completely disagree with that assessment entirely because I find Torn Beyond Reason to be an incredibly uplifting album. I don't find it wow. depressing at all. I find it to be like, yeah, everything about it is comforting, and comfortable i mean i don't say comfortable but yeah it's all comforting like i i would go out in nature put it on and it's just like my happy place at that point so wow I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like even with those vocals though because they're, they're so pained and angsty and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just you know, i remember i was i played the song the inevitable end for a friend of mine once who's a music major and he said that of all the metal he had heard through me, that was the first song he had heard where he actually believed the anger and anguish in the vocalist's voice. Yeah, even with the vocals. Everything I, about it. I think it's just a beautiful sounding album to me. Just like, I don't know, it just sounds beautiful. That's yeah. the best way I can describe it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everything about it for me just like makes me feel good. So when I feel bad, I can put it on and feel better. And when I feel huh. good, I can put it on and feel like just content and even better but it's the, it's the same reason that i like the son of the blind album too because like by any by any measures most people would call that a depressing album but i don't find it at all there's just something about the way that the lines are moving together that for me is really uh i don't know like comforting is is a good way of thinking about it but just like I don't want to say transcendent because that sounds super tacky, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean triumphant. <laughs> yeah, but like it doesn't—it doesn't feel like a triumph. It just feels I'm just, like I'm just giving another example of a tacky adjective. Oh yeah, no. 
Yeah, definitely. It, it just feels like hovering over everything and ascendance, which is, I mean, there's no real way to describe it without it sounding sort of tacky, but yeah. <laughs> Transcendence, ascendance, like oh, not overcoming. Yeah, overcoming. That works too. Like, It's interesting you describe it as hovering over everything because for me, Torn Beyond Reason has a hovering over everything feel too, but it's more of a suffocating feeling, a feeling of smothering everything good and happy in the world so when i'm not having those good and happy feelings it's perfect hmm weird jeez this is just like so opposite <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i kind of wonder uh i kind of wonder if like i'm super the odd man out with this like if anybody else listening to torn beyond reason is just like what how the hell are you getting anything happy out of this album this is like <laughs> why are you ha are you broken do you need help can we like <laughs> <laughs> which that might be it but <laughs> it's hard mm. to say i mean on rate your music they have the genre labeled as black gaze which i know is supposed to be a more uplifting sounding genre so maybe i'm the odd one out i don't know well but like the thing is though there's so many people that, that i mean if you're talking about most people any most most people find any metal to be uh depressing or especially black metal or like negative well, yeah, feeling but... so is that a useful lens through which to view it yeah but i mean like as far as if we're talking about more people than just like the super super rabid fans people like who are super rabid fans are the sort of people who listen to torn beyond reason or like this is the happiest album i've ever heard <laughs> but not, like the amount of people in the world that are gonna say that are probably like three <laughs> So, I don't know. I mean, useful is, is pretty relative here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Even among, me even among metal fans, it's hard to say. Um, mm. As far as the Black Ace thing, though, we were talking about that a little earlier. What was the thing you were saying? Oh, yeah. When they... When they I thought the whole, like, gaze thing with the shoegaze or whatever was because you use so many effects and pedals or whatever mm -hmm. that you stare at your shoes all the time. Yeah. But, like... Most of the atmospheric bands and tracks, they don't really use any of that stuff. They just, you know, use normal amplifier, turn on reverb, call it a day. They don't really <laughs> yeah. do anything with pedals or crazy distortions or anything like that. And listening to Torn Beyond Reason, I mean, once in a while, they'll use clear channel or acoustic, or maybe, I don't know. But that's about it. The rest of it is just the distortion is pretty much constant, and it's just basically a normal amplifier. I mean, pedals are a part of it, but if you look at the sonic overview of the music in terms of how it sounds instead of how it's created, Shoegaze, I think, is trying to maintain, trying to achieve a similar sonic quality to what atmospheric black metal is trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah, and but they're going about it so differently. I sort of wonder if using the genres, uh, the method is important at that point, if you're going to make the probably, distinction. It probably would be, because at that point... You kind of have these two genres that came about a similar sound and a similar goal in terms of what they're going to sound like, but through different evolutionary paths. It's convergent evolution. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, though. It's just like the, the shoegaze bands that simulate tremolo picking by looping and having so much delay versus the atmospheric bands, which are actually tremolo picking. <laughs> you know, the whole style approach is different. Yeah. And I don't know, even though it sounds similar from time to time, I don't know. I feel like the creation goals are very, very different. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. 
and I think too that the people, the sort of people who are, who set out with the goal to make black gaze versus the sort of people who set out the, with the goal to make atmospheric black metal, like they aren't necessarily overlapping in intention. Like they want to make an atmospheric song, but I mean the sort of people who want to make black gaze are inspired by shoegaze and are inspired by um, Deaf Heaven and are inspired by that kind of stuff. And the people yeah. who want to play atmospheric black metal are inspired by Druk and Emperor and Thorns and like they're not they they might not have ever listened to My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, because I'd never even heard of My Bloody Valentine until we started talking about Deaf Heaven. Yeah. Like I'd never even heard of that band in my entire life. Yeah, like I saw it. The only thing that I knew about My Bloody Valentine before we really started having that discussion was that there was the there were a couple kids in my high school that liked them, but they also liked <laughs> music that I didn't like, so I never listened to it because I assumed it was like that. You know, I think there were some people that liked My Bloody Valentine that I knew, but I thought it was a metalcore band because of the way their I did name too. sounds. <laughs> well, I did too. But it does. Were... It's like a metalcore band. It does. Well, I'll give you that. It's not like... the best choice of band name. I think. Yeah. But some of these people did like metalcore bands. Yeah. Like it was it was things like My Bloody Valentine was on the same shirt as someone who was wearing like uh oh, what the hell was that stupid My um, Chemical Romance? I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, My Chemical Romance, My Bloody Valentine, uh something or other brides, I don't know, whatever. Black Veil Brides. Yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> they were they were all like it was all the same people. So yeah. I I didn't see I didn't oh, think My Bloody Valentine was anything but me, but metalcore or screamo or something because it was the screamo yeah, kids yeah, too. Yeah, the screamo, the screamo kids, kids were really into it. it. Yeah. So I I just assumed. So I I guess like if that was your inspiration, then the kind of music you're going to be going after is different than if your inspiration is Blue Dust Nord yeah. or more or not more. Um, I'm thinking of Blue Dust Nord. <laughs> Blue Dust Nord or Drudk or something. Yeah, I mean, your chord structuring decisions are totally different, too. What? Because cause Torn Beyond Reason and all the everything else that um, what Desolation, Desolation uses is all pretty standard, fair black metal chord structuring that everyone uses, whereas versus something like the, the shoegazy bands or Deaf Heaven-influenced stuff, they're using completely different chord elements in their construction. Because mm -hmm. I remember when I watched that video on Deaf Heaven when the guy interviewed the guitarist and he started talking about, well, Black Metal uses a lot of these chords. And the guy's like, oh, we don't use any of that. And it's just like he, the guy played like the most standard Black Metal chord that's like in all, every yeah, Black oh, Metal yeah, band yeah. uses at some point in time because it's just what they do. Yeah, but that video, oh my gosh. Yeah, that video was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, 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 just how dismissive the Deaf Heaven dude was of anything Black Metal that the guy was trying to engage him with would just... Oh, if I if I dislike if I didn't dislike Death Heaven before that video, that yeah. just poof. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so weird. <laughs> but if you talked about that stuff with uh, D, he would probably just be like, "Oh yes, and let me show you da 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 da," and like they would yeah. have a discussion about black metal because even coming out of DSBM, like all of your influences are black metal. He's not sitting there looking at pedals and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, because you're going to use all those weird, like, minor diminished jazz chords that, you know, mm -hmm. Roosh was always messing with in Thorns. Mm -hmm. You know, you have all this strange chord structuring, and you can hear it in Woods of Desolation because it sounds like black metal because he's using <laughs> the chords that are normal to black metal. <laughs> yeah, and creating droning through being fast versus creating right. droning through... Delay like, pedals. Yeah, the pedals and the, <laughs> that thing. It's like, yeah, you, it's droney, but why and how? Yeah. And I think the why and how is important enough to draw genre lines yeah i think yeah. so too because the because a, a delay loop feels differently whereas if you're creating speed through tremolo picking it creates a certain kind of wall of sound effect 
that is important in black metal and I don't feel like you can create that as efficiently or convincingly with a lot of delay mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's that's just m- my opinion. Because you can always feel it. feels differently. But again, the goals are a little different. Right, like, yeah. Y- you're trying to create an atmosphere, but what kind of atmosphere are you trying to create? And I feel like if you really broke down atmospheric black metal bands and black gaze bands and talked to them very specifically about the goals that they were trying to achieve, the answers really wouldn't be the same. Yeah, I think so too. So which one do you think D would have more in common with? Well, atmospheric black metal, of course. Okay. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I think the fact that they're I think the fact they're putting black A's on him has more to do with the fact that right now, uh, people are rather confused about this distinction and lines are still being drawn in the sand to say what is what genre and people are very quick to label anything atmospheric as black A's because of fucking death heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then you, if you delve into Woods of Desolation's back catalog, too, it's like it's very clear that he's got total black metal roots. I mean, there's no yeah. real question when you start delving into the back catalog, the way it sounds and the way it feels and stuff like that. He's not coming from a space of, I really like my bloody Valentine, but I want to <laughs> play black metal now. <laughs> I think he'd have to change a lot to be considered black ace. Yeah. I think that the, if he wanted to be considered black gaze because like that's what he really wanted to play there would be a lot of changes he would need to make to his setup and his and his sound and his structuring and everything yeah i'm actually surprised to hear you say that rate my rate your music or had it as black gaze because it's like i feel like torn beyond reason is actually a fairly straightforward um atmospheric album like there's not like a lot of experimentation that even went on there <laughs> it was just i'm gonna play this music and it's gonna sound awesome and then called it a day I mean, I think I think you're right, though, when you say it's because people are conflating the similarities in sonic quality without yeah. necessarily thinking about how the bands achieve that quality. Yeah. And this is why we need criticism as a <laughs> kind of thing. Media criticism. We've got to talk about it so we can figure out the lines and tell yeah. people where it goes. Because, like, Torn Beyond Reason, there's, like, almost no experimentation. Converses, no, really versus no. a band like Morda Stigmata. Um, not that they're black gays or anything, but it's just like they experiment a lot. There's a mm-hmm. lot of experimentation on sound and like what creates atmosphere in there. They're playing around with a lot of different elements. There's not a lot of element playing around with in Torn Beyond Reason or even as stars. It's mostly just guitar, drums, and vocals and bass, and that's it. And he doesn't really like mess around with any special effects or anything like that. It's all pretty standard fare, I think. And it's all stuff that I think has been tried and true with uh, with yeah. other bands. So he listens to what they do and figures out how to do it better than them. And yeah, which he does succeed at, which is why he stands above a lot. Like a lot, <laughs> he takes a lot of his influence brackets and really like takes out the high points, mm-hmm. which he seems to be very good at. Which I was, very, which is very impressive. Mm. Yeah, and he distills it down into like a very, very nice experience for everyone involved. <laughs> that's a good way to describe it <laughs> a nice experience it reminds me of a review I read of the of Torn Beyond Reason on the, his band camp where someone said put on this album sit back in a bath with some lavender salts and listen to a glass of wine honey and you'll be alright <laughs> I was wow. like yes <laughs> that's amazing that's funny 
Well, there's there's a lot of overlap with some of the Australian bands, like like the members of Nazul, Pestilential Shadows, Erebus Enthroned, and like some other band. They all overlap with each other, and they all have very similar feelings and music and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he's not involved. Woods in of Desolation plays in with that crew of bands. Yeah, but he probably plays with them. Like, there's the thing is the thing yeah. about Australia is there's only like so much habitable land on the. Yeah. yeah. It's like cotton. 90% of the population lives in three cities or something. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I didn't know if he was also playing in something like Pestilential Shadows and then Woods of Desolation is kind of like his solo-ish project. Yeah. You know, which it, know. which it could have been. Because all of those guys have solo projects. Like, <laughs> if you look up Pestilential Shadows, each member has like 15 other bands they're part of. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm not even going to look into half of this. <laughs> and then you look at them, like half the members are in Erebus and Throne, the other half are in Nazul. And it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> so who would we recommend this to? Well, I would say if you're, um, naturally, if you're a fan of Rob Mansfield, but like, especially, especially stuff like Sage. If you yeah. like Sage's album, Reminiscence, I think you would really like Torn Beyond Reason. I also associate this album with, with some of the Druke stuff a lot, because that tends to be a similar, uh, in the mountains with birds and um, fog around, and that kind, yeah. of, that kind of atmosphere. So I usually associate it with... Um, Druk's atmosphere, so if you like them, I think of. Who but I think uh, Druk's a little. Uh, I feel like they're a little lighter on their side, you know. Yeah, but Tormion Reason's like not that heavy. It's pretty light. No, no, I mean like in terms of atmosphere, it's like oh. a little more like Druk's playing a little more, and like an even kill uplifting stage a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Woods of a little more sorrowful, but mm-hmm. I mean that's about it. Because oh, I feel like that Sage album's really kind of has that sorrowful bent to it that it's like really beautiful sounding. Um, the newer October Falls, too, yes, yeah. those ones. That's yeah. I also associate it with that a lot. But the difference is he blends the atmosphere and the black metal better than October Falls does because mm-hmm. October Falls tends to have pretty sharp delineations between yeah the sections. Um, I think those are. Jeez, who else? <laughs> I just name all the atmospheric black metal bands. But like, if you're in atmospheric black metal, you're probably listening to it. Yeah, you're probably. I mean, yeah, that's what I said. Like, if you're already into that genre, this is just another, another album for you to check out that you'll probably love. Because if you're, if you're already in the the track of the metal noir Quebecois, mm-hmm. so if you like your Fortress, you like your Monarch, you like your Sage, all those kinds of bands, then it, there's no reason why you also wouldn't like Woods of Desolation. Yeah. And if you're already following Northern Silence Productions, you probably like this too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Northern Silence Productions again. Yeah. We've done quite a few of those. Anyway, so we had a pretty big delay between episodes. First, I'm going to apologize for episode 18. It is on a stick right now for me to listen to, review, and make sure there are no errors with it. And it's been on that stick for a while couple weeks it'll come up but i think this episode will be posted before episode 18 (laughs) (laughs) mostly because uh i'd rather have this explanation of like yeah we had life happen before someone's just like oh episode 18 and then i think that ends with the next episode will be um the classic episode which we didn't get around to filming because or filming (laughs) we didn't get around to recording that because um there was just so much to listen to. Like the more I started trying to come up with my answer to it, the bigger the question really was. Yeah, and then and then when it got distilled down more, it's like I just couldn't think of anything, and and I, I partially gave up. Yeah. And I think I in the end I ended up just choosing, some stuff at random 
for people to listen to more than anything else well yeah because when you say what classic albums are must listen to like what are we going to reference during the during the show we wanted to limit it to three um you had just stacks yeah i i, I even like i think i even physically pulled out yeah the you classic black stack. metal albums and i was just like i can't choose any of these but we'll, we'll figure, we'll <laughs> or figure I can't it out later like that episode will happen but not until we actually have free mental space and we're not doing all of the things that we were doing because this past month has been super crazy yeah especially especially for for us and for you with your pursuit of the perfect oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i would call it a pursuit or of a perfect anything but well you know yeah so the past few months i kind of arbitrarily decided that um i wanted to find an electronic music album that i really like because i'm definitely not one of those people who will listen to anything like I admire people who can genuinely listen to any genre and enjoy it if it's well do- a well-done example of that genre. I'm not that person. I'm just too picky. But I do have fairly diverse tastes in music, and I felt like I was I felt like I was cutting out too much of the musical landscape if I looked at all electronic music and just said, eh, not for me. Yeah. So especially because that genre is really creeping over into every other genre now. Like it's right. getting to the point where it's hard to avoid electronic music. And it's like, I mean, I've li- I like synth pop, which is technically electronic music. I've liked some of the more experimental stuff done in R&B, which is almost creeping on being electronic music. I like instrumental hip hop, which, you know, that's done electronically. So I figured mm-hmm. this wasn't a genre that was just completely impenetrable to me. And also all the electronic music that albums that I had tried to listen to didn't click for me for different reasons for each one. So there was nothing fundamental about the genre that was keeping me out. That makes it hard, like, because I think, I don't know, like, do you think some of it's going to be just a case of getting used to the sounds and getting comfortable with it and then easing your way? And then the things that you turned away before, maybe you'll be like, oh, well, you know. It could be because the album that ended up doing it for me was an album that I listened to last year and didn't really care for. But then this year, someday something just happened where I was like, you know what? I want to listen to that Jamie XX album again. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, I actually really love this now. And I kept listening because it was such a shock to me that I was like, do I really love this? I just want to make sure this isn't a fluke. And I kept listening (laughs) and kept listening and kept loving it. So, yeah, Jamie XX in color was the one that I ended up going with. And I think the reason it didn't click with me before is because I had the same problem with it that, that, that I've had with some other electronic music where it doesn't seem to evolve as much over the course of the song as other genres do. It's very gradual changes over the course of the song, but... I like this one because those gradual changes do happen at a bit of a faster pace than they do in other genres that I've heard. And when I want an album that I can just sit back and chill out and listen to, that's perfect. But admittedly, the other thing that kept me from really loving it was the goddamn Young Thug song. Hmm. And I don't blame Young Thug for... The song's called Good Times. And Young Thug, as you might guess if you haven't heard from him, if you, you might guess by his name, is a very typical rapper typical of the stereotypes of rap music right now and he does what young thug does on his two verses on the song good times and i don't blame him for that i blame jamie xx for thinking that anything was going to happen on this song except the mood of the album just being completely derailed by young thug saying things like i'm a ride in that pussy like a stroller nice (laughs) That sounds great. It, it does. And the thing is, everything else about that song is actually really great. It could have been the best song on the album. So you're listening to this chorus, and then you're jamming out to it, and you're really enjoying Popcans guest vocals, 
And then Young Thug comes in braying that line as the first line of the second verse, and it's like, oh, right. That's a thing on this album that I have to deal with. But the rest is great. The rest is really good. They're, the lyrics on the other songs are much more chill, much more introspective in their writing. Um, you know what's funny? I was going for all of these albums that my friends who are into electronic music were rec- recommending to me. So they're people who have assumedly listened to a lot of it and figured out what they've liked. And so they were giving me their almost niche in- interests in the genre. And the album that I ended up loving was the one that all the critics loved last year. And, you know, last year was the year that I didn't love most of the album critics loved. You know, Pitchfork gave it best new music, which usually is a sign that I won't like an album. But, yeah, Jamie XX in color. It's a good. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I was scrolling through the thread and, like, there's a lot of stuff people were posting that I don't really like. like I don't I don't really like, um, oh, what's the thing that everybody posts that, like, uh... I, I hear the song in my head the stupid they have like electro, like a robot voice Daft Punk? yeah that I don't like them yeah I wanted to like Daft Punk but that I think it's vocoder effect I don't know just I cannot get past those vocals I don't like it and I, I don't I don't like almost like, yeah there's very little I like about Daft Punk but like okay. everybody recommends me like oh what, what music should I do it's Daft Punk and then that other thing with the like mouse or whatever I don't like that one dead either. mouse yeah mm. see you remember the names I don't know I just remember <laughs> their stupid logos or their like really dumb videos or just the annoying feeling that I get when I turn them on <laughs> I don't know like I feel bad for not liking some of the staples of a genre that I supposedly like a lot but <laughs> I don't like the staples of a genre I supposedly like a lot but I guess that's true for some metal too I mean, I'm sure we all have genres like that yeah I don't know but yeah I was scrolling through the recommendations going but all of this is not good no one's not gonna like any of this because it's crap <laughs> but you know someone out there is sitting there like seething because I said I don't like Daft Punk so I'm, I'm sorry to that person but I don't <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah that was that was an interesting interesting thread for hmm. a lot of different suggestions yeah and I thought some of the more experimental sides of the genre would be what put me onto it. Because I do like experimental music, but just too much. Just too left field for a genre. I think that I just wasn't familiar with enough. You know, I need to dip my feet in the shallow end before I can wade into the deep end. Yeah, that's the hard thing is figuring out what's the shallow end of electronic music that like, is actually going to appeal to you. You know, if, if I have a friend who wants to get into metal music, even if I love an album like Woods of Desolation, Torn Beyond Reason... I'm not going to start them with that. You know, I might start them with something on the heavy metal side of the genre or symphonic metal or power metal mm-hmm. or maybe even some, you know, 2000s alternative metal. We'll like start them metal. off with B. Hexens by the Blessing of Satan. It's like <laughs> one of the harshest albums that's out there. I love it. Well, yeah, but <laughs> so like good. one of like... the first black metal songs I heard was like Horna and uh um, That's true. Also Nocturnal Mortem's Knee Christ. So, you yeah. know, we're starting at the but, that end of the pool. I mean, like, looking at metal, <laughs> I had to get started with bands like Avenged Sevenfold and Metallica before I was able to like stuff like black metal. So, yeah. Yeah, I think exactly. I had to find my Avenged Sevenfold for electronic music, and mm-hmm. that ended up being Jamie XX. No disrespect to Jamie XX, but. <laughs> <laughs> he resents that comparison. <laughs> He's probably like, who the hell is Avenged Sevenfold? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even, like, know the other genres that well. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. 
so many like niche genres that Dude, way. I say that like he's listening to our podcast. <laughs> he's totally listening hilarious. to that podcast. You have no idea. <laughs> he's, turns out he's like this wicked black metal fan too. <laughs> and, and he's insulted he... that I think he doesn't know who Avenged Sevenfold is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He's sitting there in a bell cat there shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ugh. Yeah. Well, you had an interesting. Uh, interesting month as far as exploring music i had like the exact opposite mm. somehow i lost my mp3 player still hasn't turned up it's been how long has it been since i lost my mp3? oh over a month now well it's, over yeah, a month. well over a month oh my gosh it's been awful so for a long time i ended up just like turning on pandora all the time which pandora is great but it gets really repetitive it's like real radio it gets really <laughs> repetitive so I've definitely over-listened to a, to a few things. Even when I shuffle all my stations, several songs are like the same damn song over and over again. So it was going nuts. And what else did I listen to? There was something else I was listening to. Oh, I, there were a couple things on Bandcamp I would listen to. But the problem is if you listen to Bandcamp on your phone, it keeps telling you to buy the album and it'll stop the music. So And then you have to t- say no. But there hit a point where like I was saying, no, I'm not going to buy the album because either I already have it or like, I'm gonna buy it, but not on my phone. Um, <laughs> and it just wouldn't go past the open your heart and your wallet screen. Every time that heart falls apart, I feel bad. So it's been a hard month. But we own some of the CDs. We like have yeah, physical copies I of know. the music. That's why it's really annoying. <laughs> because if I had it on my MP3 player, I could listen to it as much as I want. But because I'm listening to it through Bandcamp, they think that I'm like a heartless bastard that's not paying for music. <laughs> yeah. It's just listening using their streaming service. But I already own the album. How does how do they know that? I didn't buy it through Bandcamp. Or if I did, I'm not like logged into it. I don't think I. Have I know that's what it's annoying about Bandcamp. It's like, and I when I look at some of the stuff there, it's just like, I physically own this. I bought it from a distro. I just you know, I I, I all I have is in vinyl. I want it on an MP3 now. Yeah, but I mean, I don't like, want to buy it again. But yeah, like they let you listen to it though. Yeah. They just give you a guilt trip after what twenty yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I've been trying to do that. But the other thing, the other thing too though is I've been really li- limited in what I can listen to because I spent the past however many months studying for the GRE which I took and now that I've taken it I can start like not spending all of my time trying to do word problems <laughs> so but like I know we talked on a past episode about background music but I have to listen to background music if I'm studying I can't listen to anything else which there's only certain things that fall into that so even within the limited amount of stuff that I was listening to, it had to be limited even more. And then my MP3 player got lost and it got even worse. But yeah, so I've only been listening to like barely anything for the past however long. I mean, it hasn't been that much of an improvement because I took the GRE and then I'm taking this other class and like two days later, there was crazy big homework assignment due. So it's like, well, okay, I want to listen to all this other music that I can listen to, but I can't because I have to keep studying. So... Yeah, it's it's been a little frustrating, and that's why too we want we want to do this we want to do this classics episode, and it's like yeah we're gonna I, that but that means I have to critically listen to several several albums at least like ten albums at least like ten albums and actually listen yeah. to them and think about them. I can't do that if I'm studying. Can't do that if I'm doing stupid word problems. And I haven't been able to do it at work because uh, the project that I'm doing has gotten really intense. So and without an MP3 player. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Listening to things without an MP3 player at work is awful. Because the my computer sucks really bad, so everything sounds awful on it. So, yeah. 
<laughs> it's been a frustrating month, <laughs> but I haven't. But this this has been a good to start on because I listened to Torn Beyond Reason how many times in I don't know. I bet if you had a count, it would be horrifically high. <laughs> but so that's been part of the reason that things have been delayed. Quite a bit of it has been my fault, or rather ETS's fault, because. <laughs> <laughs> but I I met my target score, so it's Yay. fine. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and then you've been busy with stuff too or you haven't been able to listen to music yeah let's see on top of the one project that i recorded last fall i decided to start an entirely other project i have recorded 43 mu minutes of music for that i've contacted my friend from void ritual and he's going to do vocals on it and in order to get that project up and running as fast as possible i built a recording studio which we are currently now recording in. We are it's still our living room, though. <laughs> it is totally still our living room. But right now we're going into an 8-channel Focusrite, a Furman power conditioner, and we are using Hale drum microphones to talk to. So I'll probably... We're all toms. Yeah, we're all toms right now. No, I'm, I'm... the bass drum. Let's be real. No, no, you're <laughs> I'll put you through. The, I'll put you through the bass drum mic next time. It'll be hilarious. Um, so... I'm going to play around with microphones and see what they sound like and see how it sounds. Um, I picked up Cubase for engineering the so as engineering software, but I'm not that good with it yet, so I'm using our old software to engineer this episode. So maybe, maybe, maybe not next episode, but the episode after, I'll know enough about Cubase to run the filters through, get rid of some of the background noise that shows up here and there. Because mm -hmm. right now I'm just running the basic compressor that sits in this software right now so for there you tech geeks out there that's kind of where i'm sitting i need to get another eight channel focus right to expand so i can fully record our drums um ash and wings my other band we that we have that i play with live we actually want to get to the point where we can record our own music um but this now it's probably starting in may we're actually going to start working on our full length we finally finished composing that, so we're actually going to hit the actual studio that my friend is an actual engineer, knows what he's doing, as opposed to me, who just kind of fumbles around. Um, so hopefully that'll actually be up and ready at some point, so I'll keep people posted on that as much as I can. I don't know when Veral Tain, the uh, other project with Void Ritual, is going to do anything, but uh, when that'll be ready. But it'll be a little while, probably end of summer, I would think. Maybe I can, I'll know enough by then, because I've just been reading technical manuals, which reading technical manuals does not like is not conducive to listening to music that's new <laughs> yeah no and the sad news on that end though is that buying all this gear means i probably won't be able to buy any music this year like at all so oh. i don't know give or take i'm gonna make cds instead of buy them so we'll see how that that pans out yeah well i because okay so i complain about not having mp3 player but this weekend i actually went out and bought one because I couldn't stand it anymore so I got a little iPod Nano which is only 16 gigabytes and it's way smaller than I wanted it to be which is really frustrating but physically it's the right shape and size and it has like no apps on it love that it, it can't even hook up to the internet it's like the best <laughs> because I can't I can't get an mp3 player that has apps and hooks up to the internet and all this stuff because that's like the point of separating the mp3 player and my phone is so that while I'm working I don't have the temptation of the internet <laughs> like there, there's a very valid reason for not having these things being the same device for me 
because um, I can't control myself when I have <laughs> when I have the option to say, "Ooh, well, what, what's on this?" Yeah, no. So I finally went out and just just bought one because I also wanted one that would interface with my stupid Mac because. The problem with my old MP3 player is I had to use it through Adam's computer, and like sometimes it didn't want to talk to it, sometimes it did, and then it was really frustrating because I don't like using your machine anymore because I got used to using Macs. <laughs> yeah, I know Windows 10 yeah. is all different. Oh, I know. Well, I can't. I can't keep up. Like, my my computer at work is I think a Windows 8, Windows 7. I don't know. Do you remember? I don't remember. I, don't I remember really. you looked at it and told me which one it was, but I just haven't used Windows for that long. Or I haven't used Windows regularly that long, and at work, or at work, all I do is click on the internet button, and everything I do at work is through the internet anyway. Like our database is the internet in Excel, but Excel works the same on a Mac or a yeah. PC. But hooking up an MP3 player doesn't always work the same, and some of the Windows-based MP3 players won't talk to my Mac, but stupid iPod whatever thing does. This is my first iPod ever in my life, by the way. That's that's like I never thought I'd buy an iPod, but now I just plug it into my computer and it works which is nice but yeah i finally bought one and buying buying one means that i started looking at the itunes store that's dangerous apparently there's a lot of stuff on the itunes store that i didn't think i could ever own because <laughs> i've looked for it in places that aren't the itunes store and you can't get it here shameless plug you can buy rex mundi's ihvh on itunes really <laughs> yes <laughs> i didn't know that's so funny do you have to type in the like all those horrible characters or can you just no i think he ended up having to take them out because remember well i don't know if itunes updated itself oh yeah that's characters. right because there was that whole thing yeah. yeah i don't know well i'm curious now when I, i'll go on my computer and type it in yeah but yeah <laughs> no i accidentally spent like 50 dollars in one sitting and Oof. that was a bad thing i almost spent a bunch more than that and then i realized wait every time i click this button it's charging me a dollar so I should probably stop clicking this button. Yes. Because I, I just got so excited. So I'm going to have to be, like, real careful with the iTunes store. And then I spent $7 this morning, so I need to stop. <laughs> um, I don't have the kind of money to do that. But, yeah, so it's been good and bad. But that means that I can buy some of the stuff that I was listening to on Pandora. So I'm going to cancel my premium Pandora for a while because I've listened to everything on it, like, 50 times. And I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I finally got that. So even if you're not buying music like CDs, we might be able to like buy from Bandcamp because I also downloaded a bunch of stuff from Bandcamp that I've been listening to on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, I, I, do I downloaded that Tundra stuff except for their newest, which is not Bandcamp. I downloaded some of the Big Giant Circle stuff that I was listening to. I downloaded this other thing that I'm blanking on the name of. Yeah, like any of the new releases that I that I can get pretty easily next year, like if I just wait... But some of the stuff that's rare, like if something really rare comes out, I might buy that. Like um, Panphage, this new band I discovered, that's basically, if you like Arcanum stuff, Panphage is pretty much continuing off where early Arcanum left off before uh, Shamate started trend, uh, to the new, newer style that he's doing. But oh my god, if you like the first three Arcanum albums, you should check out Panphage. It is spectacular stuff. And everything he puts out is all limited and rare releases, so... You know, I'll pick that kind of stuff up. But if it's, well, like, something, like, from Northern Sounds Productions where they're going to press a 1,000 copies and they'll be available in 2017, I'm really not going to worry about picking that up right now. Oh, and we got the um, that new Nocturnal Mortem Graveland split. Oh, yeah. Worth it. That's Ooh. what I mean by rare yeah. stuff. That I got the boxed edition of the Nocturnal Mortem Graveland split. That thing sold out, like, in a day. 
Yeah. I didn't even think it was up for an hour or so before that sold out. Yeah, it was kind they, of awful. Yeah, they had like 500 copies for sale and just like the snap of your fingers, it disappeared. <laughs> yeah. But so. I can see why, though. It's gorgeous. Like the yeah, it's wood really cool. and... Oh, it's nice. Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, which is horrible to admit, but listening to new things while you're trying to learn things is not always easy. Yeah. Or, listen to technic- or reading technical documentation. It's hard to listen to new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, and that was the other thing, too, is usually my commute is the time that I listen to stuff and really get a chance to listen to stuff. But I haven't been able to do that lately because I've been commuting in the morning. And it's a much longer and more frustrating commute and harder to stay awake. Um, so I've been listening to audiobooks, which is cool, but not really, <laughs> not really mm-hmm. music. Um, but it, it keeps me awake a little more than some of the music which can drone out and make me fall asleep i mean i used to fall asleep to suffocation so yeah and i fell asleep at a carcass show so that should give you some idea of my (laughs) my requirements speaking of driving that's what i've also been doing a lot lately is learning to drive because uh my company is going to be moving offices next year and the buses around here don't go to the new office and I've managed to, I have my license, funnily enough. I haven't, before I started relearning to drive, I had not driven since the day I passed my license exam. But yeah, I've been having to relearn to drive and eventually I'm gonna have to get a car too. That's gonna be loads of fun. Yeah, getting uh, there. But yeah, the one, th- like I've thought about it before and every time I've thought about it, I decided that it was more worth it for me to keep taking the bus instead of buying a car. And one of the reasons for that is my commute to work with all the walking I do and taking the bus and waiting for the bus is about an hour and a half long, which gives me a lot of time each day to listen to music and pay attention primarily to the music, mm-hmm. which, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that while walking around in the city, but whatever, I'm careful. And that's something I feel like I'm going to miss when I start driving to work. Cause you know, I, as much as I know how dickish it sounds to be complaining that my commute is only going to be 15 minutes, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But like, it, but that's the same thing though. There's parts of my commute that I don't mind because I hate it being long, but I also don't mind it being long because it's the perfect length for like an album. I can listen to yeah. an album on the way to work and a different album on the way home. And like, it sucks, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, but I can listen to how many albums a week? <laughs> yeah, I can listen to two albums in one commute if they're like 40, 45 minute albums. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes I can listen to two albums depending on which ones, but it's still, like, that makes perfect. But yeah. at the same time, 15 minutes is pretty nice. I mean, like, even when I drive home to visit my parents, which is something I'm probably going to start doing, that's still an hour, so that still leaves some albums where I'm just, you know, when am I going to find the time to listen to them all at once except as background music while I'm working? Well, you can, you can get into, uh... uh driving long ways on the highway like i like to do you can go up to new hampshire or something take trips to the white mountains every week <laughs> then you can get just to listen to music yeah. yeah listen to music go through a atmospheric setting and then go for a walk in uh, amazing atmospheric mountains and then you've got your walking and your driving i might actually do that it, it's pretty awesome <laughs> i i admit to having done that before and it's amazing it's like my favorite thing That's all we have for today. Next time will be Behemoths the Satanist, and you can join in the discussion on our Culture Shock Facebook or Twitter, or find your host through the links posted on our SoundCloud. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review if you like us. Thanks for listening. See you next time.